If that's nights and weekends, that's the way it is. If it's because you go down to half hours, that's even better. If it's because you can turn your current employer into a client as a freelancer, that's probably the best solution if you can get that outcome. So those are your kind of options to begin with. And that's really the start of the transition to leaving a job and becoming an entrepreneur. Hey, this is Yarrow. So before I press play on today's episode of the EJ Podcast, I want to make sure you don't miss out on any of the future episodes I release. Go to interviewsclub.com and there you can find a page where you can enter your email address to sign up for updates of whenever we release a new episode. You'll get an email so you'll always know and have the latest episodes as soon as they are released. That's interviewsclub.com. Now here is today's episode. Hello out there, this is Yarrow. Welcome to another solo podcast where today I'm going to be talking to you about the transition from full-time employment or any kind of situation where you're working jobs to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. So reaching the point where your business can cover all your expenses and ideally you can take roles in your business that you choose to do. So not roles that you're forced to do, but be in a position to do the exact activities, the creative process, or maybe like managing and delegating, or even maybe doing nothing in the business and starting new businesses. Whatever it is, you reach the point where you have that flexibility. Now, I know that's a hot topic because I have coached a lot of people over the years who struggle to manage that transition. There's a lot of fear around leaving full-time employment or any kind of job-based income streams, especially if you are looking after a family or you've got you know, a mortgage, a lot of dependencies, a lot of things that you worry about, especially if suddenly your income is not there, that supposedly reliable job income. I would argue that it's not necessarily that reliable either, but it certainly gives this sense of security when you've got employment. So, and I have to say, I've also personally been through the process of not transitioning from full-time employment. I managed to dodge that bullet. I have had uh, several part-time and casual jobs, though, and there was a period in my life, uh, like everyone, where I transitioned from those part-time and casual jobs, I kind of had two or three going at once, to starting businesses, getting money from businesses, and eventually leaving all those jobs and going all in on just my businesses. And you know that was still just as daunting a decision for me to make as it can be for someone with a full-time job. Maybe not as scary because I uh, had some things set up in a certain way. And that's what I want to talk to you about in this podcast is how to make that transition smooth. I think that's really the more important thing here is to try and eliminate the fear that you have around this. And not just by trying to convince yourself that everything will be okay, but actually setting up the foundations so that you are stable and you feel confident when you do leave your job that even in a worst case scenario, things will be okay. So let's talk about how to set up that foundation and how to manage that transition. Bearing in mind, I have also coached a lot of people who've gone through this process too. So I do want to say it's not just my own experience I'm drawing from. There have been people I've coached. There's a lot of interviews I've done where I've obviously recorded the you know the background story, the entrepreneur's journey story of these people. And I've seen them, how they've grown up, how they've taken jobs, how they've eventually transitioned out of their jobs. I've asked the questions to find out how they do that. And I've seen some repeating patterns in how people do this. And there are different ways. There are a lot of people out there who actually kind of, you know, uh, jump off a cliff and that's how they leave a job, which frankly is not the way I'd recommend to do it. But some people 
feel the need to burn bridges to basically, you know, even if you don't have a backup plan, you don't have a solid, you know, savings account or something like that, they just quit their job and they just hope or know somehow their business will actually cover them. That's not what I'm advocating, but it does seem to be unusually common in the entrepreneurial world for that kind of leap of faith to happen. And I, I will say one thing, it certainly gives you that sense of, you know, burning the bridges or burning the boats. You you have to make it work or you're in, in trouble. And for some people, that's the kind of motivation they, they need. Personally, I don't react as well to that kind of stress. I, I actually am the kind of person who prefers to have a plan in place and some sort of, uh, you know, structure in place to protect myself a little bit rather than burning the bridges. I want to make sure the bridges and the boats are still there. Uh, and I, I will still do the work. So I hopefully don't have to use them. But uh, that's just the way I am. And I think that's the smarter way to be. So let's talk about how to do that. So first of all, it's really important you understand some very basic numbers before you make this leap. In particular, what are your costs? What are your living expenses? What kind of ongoing cash flow do you need to sustain at least a basic level of, of life. Now, that may actually be less than what you currently live because people tend to live to their means. So you might have a certain salary and that's more than you need. So if you really, you know, really cut back and think about what's important to you, you might be able to live really on 70% or even 50% of the kind of money you have today from a job while you make this transition to uh, your own business income source. So you have to be really honest with yourself and, and really ask yourself, what do you need? Like, you know, do you need the golf club membership you know that sort of question you know people really do spend whatever they have more often than not so usually in most cases you can strip back and, and survive on much less than you think you can you know as long as you got your food covered your rent covered or your mortgage covered you've got whatever you know really important family expenses are there this probably is a period of time where you're not going to take that you know expensive holiday vacation to hawaii that will have to be put off until once the business is up and running that's a kind of a, you know sacrifice you make it's also probably the time to you know not consider making any big asset purchase that might create a new loan and a new dependency for income and also even you know possibly as serious as having more children it might be something to do when that's not immediately in your short-term future you know creating new life because that can immediately create some new expenses too obviously sometimes you can't control that it's just you know the way things happen but given the the topic of this podcast is kind of being proactive in this process I think you can certainly plan this and come to terms with what your actual expenses are so that's my first piece of advice get very clear on what your incoming income requirements to cover whatever expenses you have you know for the next two or three years give yourself a really uh, you know serious runway for how long you might have to live on a lower amount of money you know just to be, give yourself a real chance to grow a business because you might need two or three years to get there and if you know you can survive for two or three years on a certain amount of basic income that that gives you a sense of comfort about where you're at i also recommend you have some kind of savings buffer in place before you make the full leap and even before you make i guess what i will talk about in a moment which are uh, the breakaway stages from a job where you don't necessarily completely leave uh, but you do start to reduce the amount of money you get from from employment now a savings buffer is different for different people some people want to have six months to 12 months worth of whatever their costs are in place so that they can completely leave a job and know they've got that period of time to live off their savings without making any money from whatever their business is or even you know making part of that money from the business and slowly dipping into those savings as required knowing that there's 6 to 12 to 18 to 24 months there now i will tell you when i uh, went from you know 
having some kind of job-based income to not having that income. I know I had already a year's worth of what I considered my living expenses in the bank in cash. Now, I was young and I didn't have a lot of expenses. They were, you know, food and rent. My rent wasn't much because I was sharing with two other girls and uh, I didn't have any dependencies, you know, you know, no children, no, no, no spouse. Um, I don't think I even had a car at the time if I remember right. So my, my expenses were minim- minimal and everyone's in a different situation. So your savings requirements are going to be different to mine. So you have to be realistic with what you consider enough. I think also that is a very personal decision. Some people really are uncomfortable uh, not seeing a buffer that's significant. You know, they want two years worth of income in the bank. And I have to tell you, like right now, that's how I feel today. Being older, I prefer to have a higher buffer because I don't feel like I've got as big a runway in my life to, you know, waste years not making money. So I'd rather have a bigger buffer if I'm going to start a new project, for example, in terms of how much cash I have. I think the younger you are, the less a buffer you need. And, and that makes sense. However, you know, some people, whatever whatever um, circumstances you face, you may not simply be able to get a, as big a buffer as you want to get, or you don't know what that is, but you have something, you know, maybe you only got the, the six months worth of income and that's all you're ever going to get. You, you've sold something. Maybe you've sold your car or you've, you've cashed out of, you know, some kind of inheritance or something's come along that's given you a set amount of money and it's not like you can, you can easily add more to it, but you have that. Now, whatever that is, that's it. So you've got to plan accordingly. So get clear on your whatever you feel you need for a savings buffer and whatever your costs are. And that's the starting point. Now, the next uh, key question to ask yourself is with your current employment, are you able to switch to some kind of part-time environment or part-time hours or you know work at home hours, some sort of adjustment, adjustment to how you work that job? Uh, a lot of the people I've interviewed over the years and sort of the some people I've coached as well, they frequently had jobs where they've been able to, you know, go to their boss and say, I'd like to switch to a three-day week or, or half-day only. So I'm only in the office in the mornings and I have the afternoons. Sometimes it can be as simple as saying, I'd like to work at home two days a week. And because of that working at home situation, you tend to have more time to work on your business because you can get more of the work done at home in less time compared to working in an office. Offices as stupid as this is, and I'm sure you're probably aware of this, there's a lot of distractions and things that slow you down actually getting work done in the office environment, whether it's meetings or just the fact there's all these other people there, uh, bureaucracy, that tends to slow you down from getting the actual work done. So when you're at home doing the same work, you can get you know what might take you six hours done in three hours. So you make your boss happy and that frees up your afternoon. So simply just switching to some at-home time makes a big difference. Sometimes you can go f- just flat out to you know half the amount of time you used to work and you take a pay cut uh, but that's just what just the transition period sometimes what you can do and this is actually I think one of the smartest things I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do is quit their job but do so keeping their their old employment as a client because for a lot of people who step into the world of self-employment, the first step is actually freelancing. Now, I actually think this is possibly one of the single best ways to begin the transition to an entrepreneur is to not really be an entrepreneur, but to actually be self-employed, to become a freelancer, to offer a service uh, that you personally deliver, but instead of you being employed, you're, you're doing it for your own business, you have clients, and that, that in a way is like a half step towards what I would consider full entrepreneurship, where you're not a freelancer, you might be employed 
employing freelancers, for example. But it's a great first step because it allows you to get some income coming in from client work and potentially transition your current job to a client as well. And when you're in that situation, that's great because usually you can get the same amount of money, if not more, from your your boss or your you know your employer or ex-employer as you did as an employee. But instead, you're more in charge. You know, you're you're now treating them like a client as a, in a, as opposed to being your boss, which means you can kind of decide how you get the work done for whatever you need to do for them. You probably charge a highly hourly rate. You don't have to deal with you know the, the structure and the bureaucracy because you're probably working 100% on your own time. You know, in your own office, wherever that may be, at home or in, in cafes or a co-working space. So that's a great way to begin the transition step. And I think almost all of the people I've ever spoken to have started some kind of freelance activity as kind of like their first step. In fact, even myself, this is, it's funny because I I consider the time when I was a freelancer also the time when I was employed because I see freelancing is so close to being, uh, uh, having a job versus being an entrepreneur. I actually think freelancing is closer to employment than it is to entrepreneurship because you have uh, tasks to do that are kind of like they're hourly. You got to get them done. It's very much like having a job where, you know, being an entrepreneur, often you're sitting on top of the business and other people are delivering the value as opposed to you. So uh, that's that's the, the next step to consider here is how you can make the transition smooth by potentially doing freelance work. Uh, obviously, for a lot of people, they can't they can't leave their job without either quitting it completely uh, or they have to work full-time hours. This is actually, unfortunately, a common situation. No matter what you do, no matter who you speak to, you can't go on to half hours. You can't do any work at home. Your boss says, if you want this job, you got to be here and put in you know, the 8 to 6 p.m. shift, just like everyone else here. And and if you're not into this, then quit. We don't want you here. Now, that's the case. You have to be really good with using your other time, your weekends and your nights. Now, there have been quite a few people over the years who have done that really well. I have been surprised at how many of some of the, the best case studies I've interviewed over the years have been with people who hustled like crazy on weekends and in nights and early mornings before their job. Personally, I don't know how they do that because I, uh, I'd i be pretty exhausted after working a full full-time shift at a job, especially if it's a job I'm not really liking. So, but that's possible and it's been done and that might be what you face. And sometimes when you face a situation that's your only way of surviving, you make it work. You you work tired. Maybe you don't have a social life for a while, whatever the case may be, but you make use of whatever time you have. And it is pretty impressive what you can get done in, in a spare two to four hours, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, or one hour in the in the morning and three hours at night and a couple of hours on the weekend. If you follow the 80-20 rule and do the most important activities, you can grow or at least get a business started, get some initial cash flow going. And you can service freelance clients. That's actually why freelancing is one of the best options in that situation, because you can just take on one or two clients and do night work and weekends and start building that savings buffer, start essentially growing a business to the point where you can then consider completely quitting that job, going on freelance 100% and and then, you know, get yourself financially more comfortable as you grow that business. So obviously, this is a very personal situation kind of decision. No one size fits all solution I'm going to tell you is going to work. But I I do feel that if you are careful, you have a savings buffer, you know your costs, you find any way to potentially keep some income from employment going, but also start to build up that freelance income or build up that business income at the same time. If that's nights and weekends, that's the way it is. If it's because you go down to half hours, that's even better. Uh, If it's because you can turn your current uh, employer into a client as a freelancer, that's 
that's probably the best solution if you can get that outcome. So those are your kind of options to begin with. And that's really the start of the transition to leaving a job and becoming an entrepreneur. Now, it's important to note that not every business you want to start begins with you being a freelancer. So, you know, a good case in point, my first uh, business that I actually operated that was the business that funded my ability to quit my jobs was not a freelance operation. I was the owner of the business, but I had contractors delivering the value. So if you know my story, you definitely know this story really well by now. That was my essay editing company. And we had contract editors doing the work. So from day one, I built that business with me not doing the editing. I I, I wasn't qualified, nor did I feel capable of doing that role. I felt comfortable finding customers, finding clients and hiring contractors and building a website. So I did that and I did that on the side. And I did that also while working my job. This is one thing I haven't really mentioned, but sometimes if you're lucky, you could have a job or a part-time job or a casual job where you happen to be in a situation where you can build your business at the same time you're in your job. Um, that's a beautiful thing. I, I, I wish you could plan that. You know, it's, some t- it's not something that everyone can do because not every job is in front of a computer. Not every job gives you spare time. I just happened to be working uh, at the time. I had two casual jobs. Both were in front of computers. One in particular was working at a help desk and I didn't have to spend all my time helping people because they just sometimes with night shifts there were not anyone or very few people who asked for help and I was there in front of a computer so I was able to you know for example work on my editing website and also later on work on my blog uh, during those shifts and I was getting paid 20 to 25 dollars an hour so I kind of did two things I got my basic cash flow and grew my business that's rare that's lucky that's worth looking for if you can find that kind of part-time casual job and, and pull it off that's brilliant but I don't think everyone's going to find that as an obvious option. So that's okay. You still can make it work. You just have to realize that it's going to be outside whatever job you're doing. So if you're building a business that's not based on you being a freelancer, it's a little bit trickier because it's not like you can just go out there and sell your own services. You have to first build up the capability to deliver value. So um, ideally, you're building a business using some kind of lean methodology. So creating some kind of minimal viable product or service, in which case the first version of your business can be set up really quickly. It can be run as a beta test and you can just go out there and get a customer. And that's usually the first thing you should do with a new business anyway is go find a, a basic beta test client. Even if it's not you delivering the service or the product and you know you might have a partner, you might have a, a contractor. Uh, my editing company relied on contractors. The very, very first version of that business was very very lean in the sense that I first went and found my customer. Well, that's not true. The first thing I did was built my website, which was like, uh, you know, probably took me five, five nights working at home and, you know, a bit of time working probably at my job, built this basic website, wrote the sales copy for a few pages about our services. And then when the first job came in, I went and found the contractor after I found the client. So I didn't even, you know, have people ready to go to provide the services. Uh, and, And if you're interested in that, that's actually called services arbitrage. That's a business model. I teach. Uh, If you want to learn more, go check out servicesarbitrage.com and you can go through a free training series. And if you're really serious, you can take part in my Laptop Lifestyle Academy membership, which includes a training section on the services arbitrage business model. I talk about how I first set up that business and, and so on. So in my case, it was really an amazing period of my life, to be honest, where I was starting up a new business that was service arbitrage. So other people were uh, 
delivering the service. I was running it lean. So I was trying to find customers and then trying to find people to supply the service once I found the customer. So it was kind of very, you know, on the uh, flying on the seat of my pants sort of situation. And uh, meanwhile, I'm also working a help desk job and I'm also building websites for a few clients and I'm building a, a website for the business school. That was my other part-time casual job. I, I worked at the business school doing updates on their, their web presence. So I was doing all these different things. This is before I was blogging, of course, too. So that that was kind of how I meshed it all together. But what was powerful and, and what I recommend you do is I was seeing the income from one side of my life slowly start to equal the income from another side of my life. So obviously my job income was the greatest source of income to begin with. You know, it, it was how I paid my rent and, and fed myself, the most two most important things. So uh, it wasn't a full-time income. It was probably 70% of a full-time income because I, I only worked 25 hours roughly a week at those two jobs, maybe maybe 30 at the, at the most. Um, but it was enough to cover my rent and food. So meanwhile, I'm, I'm growing uh, I'm getting a few clients to do website work as a freelancer, and I'm also growing this new uh, essay editing business. And slowly, as I got more clients with the essay editing business, that income increased, and it, it was starting to equal the income I was getting from uh, my freelance, uh, sorry, my jobs. And then eventually, I started blogging as well, which added more income to it. And that, uh, at some stage, my income from my own projects started to surpass my income from my jobs. I still didn't feel comfortable quitting yet because I wanted to build up more of a savings buffer. I want to see that my businesses were actually stable for, you know, three, six, even as long as 12 months before I leave my jobs. So that's what I recommend you do as well. And I, I've, uh, in a lot of the case studies I've, I've interviewed to people, that's very typical of the transition. It's a case of simply almost like waiting for one income stream to surpass the other, waiting for your business or freelancing income stream to surpass the job income. And that's when you start to feel comfortable about making the transition. I remember um, oh, there was a copywriter interview I did. Uh, she did that. I know James Shramko did that. He was running affiliate marketing on the side while he was still working at a car dealership. So he was slowly building up that income and eventually it surpassed how much he made from the car dealership job. So then he left that job. Very common story. It's slow. You know, we're talking years to just kind of make this transition, but it does happen. Now that would be my uh, recommended pathway for you. It's, it is kind of, if I can say this is it's boring, you know, it's a lot less exciting than the whole, I'm quitting every job I've got starting a new business from scratch and I'm going to make it work. You know, that's kind of like the romantic version of the entrepreneur success story that sometimes does work. Uh, but I have to say probably more often than not, it doesn't. And wow, does it create a, a stressful scenario? I personally would not want to deal with the, the stress. Now, just to complete the picture. So at some point, ideally, you will get to that decision point where you can go, my business project or projects, or maybe my combination of freelance work plus business project, or maybe just freelance work is now equaling or surpassing my job income. And I've got a savings buffer and I've calculated my living costs. So I feel I can leave my job. And that's when you should just do it. This is probably the most difficult emotional decision to make. There's, a, there's always going to be an element of fear there. But when you do it with those things established, it'll 
it'll feel a lot easier and a lot safer. Now, what you will probably want to transition to eventually as well, and this is kind of, it's not really the topic of this podcast in the sense that you've actually quit your job at this stage, but at some point you're going to want to potentially eliminate yourself from the business because what happens, especially if you do the freelancer path, is you might quit your job, but then all you've done is create a new job for yourself where you have all the responsibilities. You know, you're you're not only the one doing the work like you used to do with your job, but you're also the one who has to do the accounting, the bookkeeping, the one who has to get new clients, the one who has to do customer service, the one who has to do technology. And that's not a fun situation to be in. You might find it even worse than when you had a job because you don't have weekends or nights anymore. Suddenly you have to do everything all the time. So the next kind of phase, and this is a great phase if you can make it work, is that systemization, automation, and hiring people phase. And that's obviously a whole new topic. I'm not going to dive into it in this podcast, but that's what you would work on next. You would start to separate yourself from the business to get to the point where you pick and choose the activities you do. You might decide to become a multiple business entrepreneur, start a new project. In fact, I have another podcast on that. You can check out my previous solo episode on whether you should start multiple businesses at once and, and how you can go about being a multiple business entrepreneur. So look out for that at the uh, at my website. Uh, but whatever it is, you get the choice. That's the most important thing. You can decide, maybe you just want to go do something completely else, or maybe there's one task you do love inside your business. Like I went through this process and I still liked the writing and I still like doing these audios for you, these podcasts and doing interviews. So I didn't want to stop doing this this task. And, I, and in some ways, it's such an integral part of my business. It would have been difficult to completely separate myself from those jobs. Me as the writer and me as the podcaster, those are very creative endeavors. And I certainly could remove myself from those tasks, but it would actually be a change in business model. It would be taking away a big element of the Yarrow brand. And it's not something I necessarily have wanted to do. Uh, and right now, as I record this, I certainly still enjoy those two activities and I have for over 10 years. So I doubt that's going to change. Um, so that's what you can work towards as a next step. And as a final point to kind of wrap up this solo episode on, on how to transition from a job to become a full-time entrepreneur is to make sure you have a plan B. So you know, this is kind of like the maybe not so exciting or, or, or glorious side of this decision to leave your job, but it's a really important thing to talk about. What happens if it just doesn't work? What if your business just never or, or along the way fails? You never bring in enough money. Uh, it's, it's inconsistent or it's too hard work and you want to quit. Uh, it ends up being worse than the job you had. So you want to quit in that case. Uh, all kinds of reasons. In fact, it's more likely that this will be the scenario. So it makes a lot of sense for you to have a plan B. Uh, and, and again, this is you know very against that whole idea of burning the bridges, jumping ship and, and making something work no matter what. I totally you know believe in the power of putting all your eggs in one basket and, and motivating and pushing yourself forward. And I also believe in the power of pivoting. So that energy can be used to pivot from one business idea to another and eventually find the right project for you and also the financially successful one. But I will always advocate a plan B. I certainly had one. I remember when I quit my two jobs, I was thinking, what if I never got another essay editing job ever again? And what if my blog suddenly got zero traffic and I never made a single penny for from you know, advertising or affiliate income because those were my income streams back then. So what was my plan? Uh, I have to pay that rent still and I have to keep eating. So my plan B was simple. I knew that my previous jobs, the casual jobs in particular, would have been not guaranteed, but very likely still available to me. Uh, I know I was good at those jobs and I know they valued my service and the casual nature of those jobs meant that they were relatively easy to step back in. They sort of always needed more people in those roles, more good people. In fact, I did actually leave 
one of those jobs, the the help desk job, and I came back to it after uh, stepping away for I think I don't know six months to a year as I I visited Canada and just um, was out of Australia. So that was part of my plan B. I also had a plan B that there were um, uh, things I could do freelancing. I knew I could potentially try and get more more of the work I didn't like, which is things like you know building people's websites, um, you know doing that sort of basic tech work. I wasn't a fan of it, uh, but it was an option if things went bad. Uh, but the, and of course, uh, any of the jobs I could have got with within my network and my connections. So I felt there were avenues to explore as a fallback plan in case of a plan B. But obviously, I had my my year long savings buffer there, so it was going to be a while before I needed to trigger that. And uh, you know, my income was already quite stable for I think oh, I can't even remember. It was probably already a good year or more that I was making more money from my business than I was from my part time job. So I felt reasonably comfortable uh, making that leap. And in fact, I eventually, I know I had to make the leap uh, for another reason. As I went traveling again, I actually went backpacking uh, down to uh, Tasmania at the time. So as you can imagine, if you have a a decision in your life that you want to leave the location of your job, that will make you quit the job as well. So, you know, for me, there was a a few variables there that inevitably led to me quitting those jobs completely. And it went smooth. And, you know, I've never had a job since then. Now, as I said, everyone's in a different point in their life. You might be making this decision in your 40s or your 50s or even your 60s about quitting a job to start a business. Uh, I'd like to think, you know, in those age brackets, your potential to create a savings buffer is a lot better than when you're in your early 20s, because hopefully you have already done that or you've got a job that, you know, pays well enough that you can, you know, just maybe pull back a little bit on your extra spending to start saving each month to transition to eventually, you know, going all in on your business. And uh, yeah, that's it. So you've got the the most important pre-planning and you've got the plan B planning in case things fail. You've got the savings buffer. You've got the transitioning through freelancing. You've got the potential to uh, work part-time hours, work at home. Uh, maybe you just have to work on weekends and in nights. All these are options to explore to make this transition smooth from going from employment to full-time entrepreneur. And I really encourage you to work towards this because I actually think it's one of the single most life-changing and joyous moments for anyone who's entrepreneurial is to leave employment and and leave it for good. That will be a momentous occasion. I've seen it in so many people uh, over the years because I've I've worked with people who, you know, basically start online businesses from scratch with nothing. And then whatever it is, it could be a year, could be two years, could be five years later, I hear back from them that they've quit their job and they they're making a full-time income. Some are making a hundred thousand a year. Some are making multiple hundreds. Some even go on to make millions. And I know there's no single greater positive change, especially for someone who's entrepreneurial, than that moment where they feel their business is fully supporting them. And uh, you know the sky's the limit in terms of growth. But more importantly, they don't have to go back to a job and they can say goodbye to that job forever. And that's that's a wonderful moment. That in, in a way, that's uh, kind of why I do what I do and have done my blog for as long as I have because there I, I believe there's a lot of people on this planet who currently are in jobs they shouldn't be doing or they don't like uh, maybe they shouldn't be doing a job at all and they've got much more important gifts to give that would be better distributed through the entrepreneurship model and would also create the freedom they need in their life to unlock that creativity and be able to share it 
with the world. And that's why I did this podcast for you. I can help you make that transition just a little bit smoother, make you ultimately do it uh, and feel more comfortable, more relaxed, take away some of the stress. There will always be stress. I know even the people who've quit with all the things I'm talking about here in place have still felt that fear and you're you probably will, but that's okay. You'll get through that and then you'll you'll look back and go, I can't believe, you know, how much different my life is today compared to what it was when I had a job. You'll be able to do like I'm doing right now, three o'clock recording a podcast episode or, or whatever it is you'd like to do. Okay, I'm going to call it a day. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. Uh, please do subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already so you can make sure you get these episodes and dive into the back catalog. There's a lot of great interviews, a lot of great solo episodes you can get on your phone or listen in your car or whatever it is you listen. And uh, I look forward to talking to you on the very next one of my podcasts. My name is Yaro. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the EJ podcast. If you're interested in following in the footsteps of myself and many other successful people who use blogs to grow a business, then I invite you to download a free copy of my Blog Profits Blueprint Report, which has been downloaded over 150,000 times and is the starting point for many very successful bloggers today. It's an A to Z guide on how to choose a topic, market your blog, set all the technology up, and of course, make money from blogging as well. 100% free in audio and written text. You can get it from blogprofitsblueprint.com. Just enter your email address there and I'll send you a free download for the Blog Profits Blueprint. Thanks again for listening. Coming up on the next episode. Entrepreneurship isn't just, you know, hey, I own my own job, but it's for me, like I want to build wealth so I can give it away, but I also want to build a legacy so I can make an impact on the world. And for me, that's centered in my faith, but I always challenge entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what your belief system is. You have a belief system and allowing that to penetrate into your business, regardless of what belief system it is, is just going to allow your business to be that much more impactful. Thank you for tuning in to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, the original entrepreneur interview podcast established in 2005. See you soon.